and welcome back to the Mob Mentality Show. I'm Chris Lucian, and my co-host is Austin Chadwick. And today we're going to talk about uh, the coach's paradox. So um, this is a very uh, intriguing title, Austin. What do you have? What, do you, what is the coach's paradox and what do you have to say? Yeah, you know, so it's this, um, I find it a paradox because there, there appears to be two seemingly diametrically opposed things that uh, when you're coaching and helping others grow or helping yourself grow that you want to learn. And it almost seems like they, they fight each other. And one of them is uh, you'll see it in a lot of things like phrases like turn up the good or make it easy. Right. And uh, you know, you want people to fall into the pit of success. So the environment is so well set up for a team that it's just easy for them to do the right thing, you know, so set up your habits. So it's easy to do the right thing. Um, and then there's this other skill that I found very valuable in life and in uh, technology and teams and all that is the ability, like this kind of grit and the ability to get through hard things, right? And so uh, I think this uh, topic triggered for me once because uh, we were having a meetup uh, internally on facilitators and about how our role was to help make it easy for the conversation to go well or the retrospective or the improvement. And then someone started making a joke about de-facilitators, like, oh, well, what about making it hard for people, you know? And, uh, <laughs> uh, but there, there is something that does occur to me, like, you know, so if you imagine, uh, you know, if you're just focused on making it easy and making everything really well, I've seen this effect and I've, I've seen, I've experienced it myself and I've seen it in others. So let's say you're in an environment where it's really easy to have high quality practices and high quality product. And it's really easy to have high psychological safety. You know, those are always hard things in general, but you're in an environment where it's really easy to do that. And then you throw someone in a system where it's the complete opposite, right? You have all the anti-patterns going on. And I've seen people really struggle hardcore with that. And I myself have struggled really hardcore with that. And part of me wonders, like, is there something we can do to help people prepare to do hard things? You know, like coach in a situation where things are going against you or where, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I've even thought of, um, you know, I'm, I'm coaching sports teams now. And there's some cultures of teams where, screaming and yelling and high pressure stuff is how they operate. And if I create an environment that doesn't have that, am I preparing them to be an environment that's not, you know, so that's kind of the paradox in a nutshell. And I'm not exactly sure where to take it or what the solution is. So what are your thoughts, Chris? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much to unpack there um, because it's uh, yeah. So, so the idea of grit, right. Get, making it through something hard. So I think in general, you know, so, some things don't necessarily need to be harder than they are, right? So uh, software development is already hard without the people problems, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there, there, is, there is that aspect of it where it's like, okay, well, if we make it easy, does that, is it just making it easy or is it actually providing more grit bandwidth for somebody to do something else that's hard in a different way, right? You know, so, so is it, is it lean waste, right? So like that, so is the difficulty just lean waste or is it providing value, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's a little bit of it. Uh, but then there's also this, you know, if you, if you 
have everything be easy for you all the time. Um, you know, I've heard the term snow snowplow parents before, where they like just get everything out of the way of their kid, and then their kid at the at, when they when they kind of move out on their own, they have no idea how to do anything for themselves. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think that you know that's something to be really careful about. Um, I, I, you reminded me of a, a story where we had an intern who who did a lot of agile development with us, and then went to an interview and didn't know what scrum was and it's like and and he was saying he is agile and, and so and the employer was like oh well agile is scrum right which we know that's not true but um uh, you know but they just they didn't know and and then and then on top of that they didn't know how to estimate anything because they didn't do any estimates with us um and so uh you know so so are they unprepared or or not and what are the answers so like one we you know we could just do scrum and estimation and make them prepared for the rest of the world that way uh i don't know if that's the right thing to do or not um but i think what we, we have started doing is priming people so basically saying okay now that your internship is over we're going to give you a crash course in estimation and scrum um and uh, and and just so that you know what it is and you can answer the interview questions and so like that is another uh, approach to it and so uh, maybe for the the coaching uh, sports teams analogy it's like hey by the way other sports teams from now on your coach might yell at you a whole lot more like that primer might just be enough right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no no I like I like the tie in and um, it's probably very nuanced and it depends on a lot of context and situation but. Here's an, a hypothesis that I want to throw out to you because it's very half-baked at this moment, but I'm wondering if there's this kind of flow from, let's say you're coaching a team or a person or even an organization, like if you kind of go through the habit cycle of make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying, and then as they're ready, make it hard. <laughs> so, and I, I had to explain that a little bit, um, where you're kind of going back to learning and going at the fluent edge, right? And so if you want people to have good habits, right? And I think that's a very strong thing uh, kind of in classical philosophy. It's like virtue ethics, right? Where you naturally do the right thing. Those are really good habits to have, whether it's coding habits, it's like built into your fingers and the way you operate and think. So I think you really want to build up all those strong habits. But let's say, let's go to the person example, because that's much easier. Let's say I'm coaching... Uh, you know, someone, and they've been in a really um, good environment, they built up great habits, they're influencing others in this environment. It, it, the make it hard step might be like, you're doing a great job in this environment. I know of a team over here, where they're struggling with a lot of things, you know, what do you think about joining that team and helping them? So you're like, they're going to, you're basically encouraging them to get into a situation where they're going to need grit, they're going to need, you know, to do hard things. And, and maybe not as a coach, maybe as a developer, like, you know, how to do test-driven development for yourself, even if no one is doing it around you, right? You know, and have the grit and ability to do that, um, even if every, other things in the system might be going in opposite direction, how to influence in that tough situation. Yeah. Uh, so there's a hypothesis that I mean, maybe, so I totally yeah. agree with that, actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, even yesterday, I was talking to a few people, <laughs> and it was literally... Uh, like oh this feels very comfortable and i'm like well then you're kind of doing it wrong because the comfort the comfort is where the, the learning kind of stops right you have to be slightly uncomfortable all of the time mm -hmm. um, and uh and so that might be like the inverse of the fluent edge is just like minor discomfort like 
um, you know, somebody put, uh, you know, a individual P in the, in, in like in your bed spread or whatever. Now you can't sleep right or something along those lines. But um, the, uh, you know, the idea or, or your, your chair is mildly uncomfortable, right? So like if your chair is mildly uncomfortable, then you're more alert and you're more aware of the things around you, right? But if your chair is really comfortable, then you kind of close inward and you're kind of like a little bit sleepy or whatever. Um, and so, so, you know, there is like, there is this argument for like minor discomfort all the time um, because then you're not really exploring, right? You're, you're, you're kind of living in your comfort zone and the comfort zone is kind of where uh, those improvements go to die, right? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think what I'll do is I'll, I'm going to sabotage your chair. And so you'll be yeah. uh, slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Little line 52. Really... <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I like this as a hypothesis and I think it, it depends, right? Like uh, how you would apply it. Right. So, you know, I think there's certain things like, uh, you know, putting someone in an environment where there's more challenges. Right. Um that, that feels more good than, hey, let's intentionally practice, uh, you know, we're delivering daily and we're delivering in small increments. Let's intentionally practice month-long scrum just so you know how to do it. Yeah. That feels like might introduce waste and problems for the, for the organization to teach it, right? Or going back yeah. to the kids example, I'm going to start yelling at you more in practice so you, you get what this is like for a month, you know what I mean? And so, you know, there's certain things where it seems like you, you can kind of push them into the deep end. And let them experience the grit. And then other things, I'm not sure what you do with that. Maybe it's what you said earlier, where it's just awareness of there's environments not like this. And what would it look like to practice that? I don't even know. Like, you know, uh, going with, uh, you know, like the, you know, coaching example for sports. Like maybe I have a coach join a practice who's not abusive, but like, you know, pushing it a little bit with his intensity, you know, just so the kids are used to that a little bit. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm totally, uh, yeah. I, I, a couple things I'm reminded of. One is yeah. the, uh, the Edward Deming red, red bead experiment. Yes. Right? So, <laughs> so that's like, you know, you're just getting yelled at like, Oh my God, like, this is horrible. Uh, theory, theory X management, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, the other, the other thing is like the, the best book I've read on this topic is Angela Duckworth's uh, grit. It's the title is grit. Um, mm. And uh, in, in that book, um, you know, she talks a lot about grit as a predictor for success. So it's like, you know, one person can be way more intelligent than the other, but the, the grittier person of the two will actually be the more successful one um, and, and other things along those lines. And so uh, I, I actually think that it's a separate skill set. And so I, I think that the person that could get yelled at in football or whatever would, uh, you know, sports, I guess, like sports for me have all the same name, like, you know, whatever the names <laughs> of the sports are. Um, yeah. And so they could get yelled at, but like, I think that a gritty person, right, somebody that's learned grit before uh, from something else in their life will do better in that environment. And so um, I think that uh, in the book grit, I think it's like grit is something you can develop as a muscle and and be more and more gritty and establish longer habits. And and fight through kind of challenging times. And I think that's different from, um, you know, just being thrown into the deep end. I think throwing them into the deep end is a test of who is gritty and who is not right now. Right. Mm. And that's so, so I think that 
Um, and that, that's like the, the explanation of growth mindset versus fixed mindset in the book Grit. Um, because, you know, so, so if somebody's of a fixed mindset and they are not gritty at the moment, um, then they will drop out, like they'll bail. Right. And so, so, you know, you, you show up to your sport or you show up to your code, uh, your group of coders and you, you say like, I'm here. And then you just get yelled at laid into the red bean, the, the, the manager from the red bean experiment comes up and just starts yelling at you. Um, then uh you're you're going to um it'll just test your current level of grit uh. but you can learn grit right and so you can identify who's currently not gritty and then and then work with them to improve them and i, I think that mm -hmm. that's a little bit different and so i suspect that um you know in the scenario where they like went to the scrum team they're super disheartened by this interview that they just had because they didn't know what it was it, it was not because um you know it's not they didn't take it as like this was just one challenge in many i'll face in the future it wasn't a growth mindset thing right it was, mm. it was very fixed mindset like i don't know this i'm never going to get a job you know even though i did this in internship and and it's their fault because all right um and so so i think that distinguishing uh the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset uh in terms of grit and separating that from tests of grit Right. Because mm. at any one point, your grit can be tested. Right. 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 Um, right. Yeah. And so you join that team and your coach yells at you and it's really hard. That's only going to test how much grit you have learned so far in your mm. life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and we are coming close on time, but I guess I am curious like, what would be a way to help someone grow in grit? I suppose. Like, that's, uh, I'm not sure if I've thought about that before. Maybe I've thought about it as it occurs naturally, you know, like uh, almost going back to the parenting analogy you have earlier is something hard comes up in life. It's something I'm thankful for my parents that they did is, let's say, a difficult teacher that's not easy to learn from or work with. Instead of them just removing me from the class, you know, they'd be like, well, how can you learn how to uh, be in this class and learn as much as you can? from this teacher, you know, who is objectively difficult or you perceive as difficult. And, um, and so like stuff naturally comes up where you can kind of coach someone to work through it, but almost what you were saying, it was almost, almost like, Oh yeah, you can do this grit kata. I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I, uh, so Angela yeah. does go over that. So, um, okay. There's, yeah. there's two things that I think were really mm -hmm. good. I recommend the book to anyone. Um, and she has a number of talks online and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, so the first one was she talks a lot about just playing an instrument as a, as a kid and, and her parents making her do that. And that that was grit training, essentially. Right. So mm. it's like, oh, I'm not I don't sound like the amazing person sounds. Yeah. I sound like a beginner. Right. Um, and then uh, but even even before that, it's just learning growth mindset. Right. So mm -hmm. so if you learn an instrument right now and you do not have and you have a fixed mindset, then um then the grit kata will fail right away right like mm. i i am not good now i will i will never become better right like that's the fixed mm. mindset mm -hmm. and so um you know you rewind that back to uh to the growth mindset and then you know okay now i will uh i know i can learn more over time and i will do my instrument over a long period of time 
Mm. And, and so you've learned growth mindset and from there developed grit, right? Um, yeah, and, yeah. and so I, that's why I really like the book is because she explains that really well and talks about how different organizations train for grit. Um, and, you know, uh, there, there's some good content around there about uh, really, you know, high-end schools that, uh, that will actually test for grit before taking them into the school because then they know that they'll, th their success rate with the students goes way up. Um, that of course is a grit test, like I was talking about. And so, so they're saying by the time your university age or out of high school, you needed to have developed all this grit. And so often sports teams will filter for grit, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that they learned to be gritty there. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, I, I found it all very interesting, but like, that's, yeah. that's my, my mindset around it. Okay. Like, you know, yeah. Number one growth mindset. And if they don't have that, then you don't go to grit yet. But if it's growth mindset and needs grit, then then learn something hard, like an instrument or something like that, and just develop. And then when you encounter a test of grit, you'll be prepared and you can move past that test. Like, you know, I, I have a new manager and that manager is a jerk, you know, I but I can change this organization now because I know how yes. to change organization. Like, like that, that's the sort of stuff that um, that comes to mind. Yeah. And yeah. And so I'll, I have one more thing that fired that I want to share and then we got to close, but is um, it kind of goes back, you know, we've had many conversations with guests and things on the tie in between mine and uh, education and things like that. And I think this grit thing ties in big time because a lot of times like things you learn in dedicated learning time or in your own life on the side are all tests of grit. So like uh, the music example you gave is great, which is why like, kind of like classically thinking in education, music is usually a part of it. Cause, and I've also heard that math as a grit teacher before, or as an ability to focus, right? So this is hard. It takes a lot of system two effort to like methodically think through something and uh, learn a skill and then apply it. And so all those sort of things can help develop grit uh, in particular ways. And so it's almost like you have these katas or things you do on the side to be good at a skill, for example, grit when the moment comes, right? You just don't, uh, to pick up your favorite sports analogy, Chris, you know, so it's not like you're in a baseball game and you just show up to bat with no practice, right? And just yeah. hope to hit a home run. You gotta, you gotta put in the practice time, right? And so, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I think we're at time, so yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and close it. Yeah, so we uh, thanks for overhearing our discussion on this topic, on the Coach's Paradox. Uh, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your opinions on this, uh, what, what, what your take is, when to make things easy, when to make it harder, how does all that work, how do you work through this paradox, um, what are your resources that you found valuable with it, please like and subscribe, share, uh, share on YouTube, uh, we'd love to see your feedback on YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and more, and until next time, have a good one, everybody, talk to you later, bye. Bye, everyone.